Good evening, Meat Suits. Welcome back to Re and Weep. Just three gentlemen in a thicket of kisses. This is season five, <laughs> Kevin Bacon's Exquisite Corpse. And we are three friends and potential suspects playing along in a very long-arced, movie-based tabletop board game that we made up ourselves and named after Kevin Bacon. I'm your host, Alex Falcone, recording, as always, from North Koreatown, Los Angeles. I am joined from Southeast Portland. He's at Anthony Lopez Part 2 on Twitter. He's got no rhythm, no sense of cock whatsoever. It's Anthony Lopez. <laughs> that is what I was going to say, you motherfucker. Like worst, that <laughs> was the worst line in that the movie was, I had to use. No, look. Every once in a while, you, in a movie, you hear a line of dialogue so perfect, so well delivered, that no. it just... It, it transcends. It, it transcends. It literally makes you levitate. That's the way it goes. Yeah. <laughs> some women are bad at blowjobs, no rhythm, no sense of the of cock whatsoever. Delivered perfectly by one of America's finest actors, Mark, Mark Ruffalo. Mark Ruffalo. Yeah. Is, Oh my god. I And it means more coming yeah. from him because we got to see his D a couple times. Oh yeah, That's true. Good, we did. Good dick on that guy. Very, very happy <laughs> yeah. about that. Look, I've you guys know me, I'm all for more sex in movies, and I'm definitely yeah. for more dicks in movies. Oh and yeah. I'm really happy that this movie had this a movie's good got a amount. lot of dick. Yeah. This yeah. is a Not very enough. this is one of our most modern things where three guys who date and are married to and or married to women and we are big advocates for more equality and nudity in yeah. movies. Yeah. Well and also I just want to see it. I want to see more <laughs> uh, like, I, I don't that's I'm not gonna go that far well, with myself. Me, I, I have curiosity, okay? The, and the, I am not ashamed yeah. to admit it there in any just, way. There is just such a thing, especially with male frontal nudity in movies, where so much of it is the joke from Austin Powers. Where it's like a guy standing in front of someone eating right. a baguette in the foreground, right? Sure. Like, women get nude all the time in movies, but right. guys are so scared. They always have something coincidental. And it's just cowards, I say. Yeah. Cowards. Right. Yeah. You're into and bravery. I'm glad Mark yeah. Ruffalo, one of America's bravest actors, right, would right, be right. willing to show his dick, especially the Meg Ryan. That must have been intimidating. I'd be scared yeah. to show my privates to anybody. But Meg Ryan, America's sweetheart, especially, well, you know? Uh, I mean, uh, so uh, apparently in interviews, Mark Ruffalo said that he was embarrassed. He was very nervous doing that scene because he was afraid Meg Ryan was... Because he knew Meg Ryan had dated Russell Crowe, and he knew he was going to be compared to Russell Crowe in bed. <laughs> mm. <laughs> um, so, yeah, apparently that made him very, very nervous. Well, so, what's which the is, famous um, quote from... Uh, I forget what actor said it, but it's a famous quote about doing a sex scene, about like getting an erection during it. Um, um, I'm sorry. I'm sorry if I do, and I'm sorry if I don't, uh, because it's <laughs> right. It's um, an insult, right? Yeah, but it's a good. It's a good line. Something I think about a lot about you know having to sort of perform under actions like that, and the body does it's, what it's the body does. You know, I know right? it's terrible. All right, we'll body stop is a body. talking about Dick. Um, also joining us today, he's the co-host of Old Gamers Almanac from the woods of Brooklyn, New York. I want to do to him what spring does to the cherry trees. It's Hunter <laughs> Donaldson. I want to be weird ass Kevin Bacon in this movie yeah. where I'm like off to the side, Boy. like, and it's just like, is that Kevin? And just then an intense weird, stalker, not with even a weird little dog. 
the way yeah. Kevin Bacon is in this movie is like too real for me. Like yeah. the way he acts <laughs> of being like mad and then like apologetic and mm-hmm. then like trying to pretend that he's normal even though he just did some like Very really interesting weird. performance. He's so I'm good like, in this, this movie. This is real. This is real <laughs> shit, and it's I can't uh, handle it. Yeah, especially I mean, because everyone else, I mean, especially Meg Ryan, we'll get into this, but she's almost like. She gives a very like uh, the best way to describe it is like almost like a catatonic performance, which is very very oh my god yeah, and I, yeah. I really really enjoy it. So every time Kevin, you know, you're supposed to hate Kevin Bacon in this movie, but he is yeah, just very so obvious. high energy <laughs> and uh like so incredibly intense in every scene yeah. that he really fucking pops, especially when he's just like standing in the window holding what is. I felt so bad for that dog being that ugly. Like yeah, dogs, yeah, I feel too. bad for dogs that ugly. But I just yeah. love that they decided to give him this. It's really, it's like a hairless cat dog. of dogs. Yeah, yeah. he's so. And it's good not like movie. the skin underneath is like supple and nice. It's, gr- right. it's gross. Yeah. yeah, I don't feel bad for dogs for being ugly because they should feel bad for us. You know, I'm ugly. I know it. Dogs right. they have no idea. Yeah, they just don't know. Actually, that dog yeah, just thinks just, he's a dog. Why, why feel dog feel bad for a dog? being ugly because that dog is just embracing it it's just living i it. mean it might you might get less treats i'm definitely i'm going to give more scritches to a, a cute That's dog too, but true. Well, not I, getting the scritches not getting well, the treats i i like yesterday i ran into somebody who had a, a greyhound with them it was very, oh, very yeah. friendly greyhound beautiful dogs um, not cute beautiful do- no but it's just like there's something about being around like a the only way you can describe it is like a majestic beast Yes. You know, it's yeah, not really yeah. like just a dog, Jeez. like a, and a greyhound them. is a majestic, beautiful animal. It's just so yeah. elegantly designed. It's like someone at Ferrari designed a dog. It's yeah. like yeah. the only. It's just something like you're in awe of. Is what you're saying? Yeah, you're, and <laughs> hand built. It's too expensive for this neighborhood. Yeah, the hand Ferrari built. of dogs. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, you see a dog like that, and you're just like blown away by the grandeur. Then you see a dog like this, and you're like, "Oh boy, how are you the same things?" Wow. Yeah. I, mean, I do feel the same choice. way about like myself, and then you know Mark Ruffalo. Yeah, yeah that's true. Oh, I I, yeah, way. totally. Yeah. You compared to Mark Ruffalo, how yeah. are we the same yeah. species? Exactly. Um, um, I just think it's cool that they had Kevin Bacon in a movie where the first shot featuring him is just the back of his head and you don't mm-hmm. get to see him at all. But I it's know true. the back of that head yeah. anywhere. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I I recognize the reverse of a bacon. Yeah, I've I've seen the back of a bacon, the backside of a bacon. Oh, everybody sure. knows it. So just uh, I know everybody is already getting ready to tune out when I say this part. But Ezra's on vacation this week. Please stay with us. Um, he'll be back um, in two weeks. He's off in paradise, having a great time, and we wish him well. And also, I think he didn't want to watch this movie. Um, also, before we get into the main thrust of the show, I just want to thank all of our fabulous meat buddies. If you'd like to join them and help keep this show limping down the tracks, go to metreon.com. And we really appreciate everybody who supports our show. We've got a new meat buddy to thank later on today. I'm very excited about it. So we we, we had a nice little flood, partially because we granted, as you remember, guilt amnesty so if you feel Mm -hmm. like you should have donated the show for a long time and you haven't you feel guilty about that uh this all all last month and all of april as well we're going to extend it through april if you donate and become a buddy now we will forgive you of 100 of your guilt for not doing it earlier so wow yeah you can go to patreon.com i subscribe. can't we'll never Mm. extend it after april we're gonna be like what is wrong with you yeah yeah how could you live with yourself but for now Metreon.com. Uh, you, you might think that this is just a threat or this is an empty bit, 
Mm-hmm. Uh, once we exit April and we get to May first, the guilt will be back. Like, We're actually going to do it. It's going to be. It's sort of like if you experience zero g because you're accelerating, and then you flip around, you decelerate, you get double g, right? Oh my god! Yeah, yeah. we're actually going to make you feel twice as guilty starting in May. Yeah, yeah. It's, it is like that. The guilt comes fast. Yes, and, and, it, and it comes when you yeah, least it. you pass out. We've all been spending a lot of time with my mother to really learn from a guilt master. <laughs> you know, uh, we've we've been picking her brain on the little things. Mom you training do, session. You know? We might yeah. even bring in your mom to make people yeah. feel guilty. Oh, that would be great. That would be great. Um, mm. Speaking of April, let's get into the news. Um, there's nothing to say about the Oscars. That just didn't didn't nothing interesting. So yeah, was skip there off. anything about it? Or, I don't know. Yeah. I, there, there was a thing uh, where they like touched Jason Momoa against his. Well, but oh yeah, that, I don't remember yeah. anything else about the Oscars. Yeah, um, I heard it wasn't a hit. So Coda was fine. Um, mm. Anyway, that's all. Stop it. Stop it. <laughs> um, but I, what I want to talk about in the news instead, because I am so sick of the Oscars. Well, I mean, it's funny because I was like the only one who cared about it beforehand. I was the only one who cared about it for the first like two and a half hours. Right. And then one thing happened and everyone was like everyone talking about the about Oscars it. and I got yeah. no credit for being there from the beginning. Well, I mean, I you know we were all watching still. Like we 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 didn't do an episode on it this year. I wasn't very excited for any of the movies, but like I still watch because it's an obligation. You know, I feel yes. like I have to, yeah. you know, get up there and do the. You know, it's it's like if I had to like like sit in a room while someone insulted my wife. It's kind of what it feels like to me. You know, it's yeah, like yeah. it's this feeling of like I having to be there because Stop I'm gonna win later. <laughs> Stop uh, it. I did feel the other. I mean, there were a couple of other things. Like it did just feel generally disrespectful to movies, which I know we were talking about. Like, yeah, um, you, when we talked about your solutions to get people excited about it before uh, a couple weeks ago, Anthony, you mentioned like just embrace the nerds, stop trying to yeah. make it seem fun. I, I, maybe both of you made this point. I can't remember who, but like you are snobby movie nerds. Be that. Don't try to be yeah. everybody. And so the. We took a Twitter poll, and the most important moment in movies is when the flash ran real quick. Um, yeah, who cares? Oh my god, it was so. I mean, it was so stupid. That, I mean, that was a movie, though, right? A movie that never played in theaters, right? Got a Oscar for a crowd. That is, I mean, the one thing you have to give to Snyder fans is, God damn it, they are powerful with the internet. They, they show up oh, yeah. on the internet. Do not They've got bots. give them off. Okay. There's a yeah, bigger poll. They know how to show up for it. And Although you know I, I got to so say? That moment with the Flash? Pretty hype. I mean, I know I'm the only one who really liked Justice League here. But yeah, I, I know. actually yeah. did like Justice League. Well, I will League. tell you, actually, I was jogging the other day. I was running, and I like looked over, and there was a squirrel on the fence that was going the same speed as me. And I did feel in that one moment, just like he feels when the flash turns and looks at the camera when he's running really fast. Yeah. Yeah. Cause the squirrel and I were running same speed and I looked oh, over the squirrel was, like, wow, was the so camera. Fast. Yeah. 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 That's um, cool. that was, that was disrespectful to movies. Um, the, uh, introduction to the animated category where they were like, animation is something for kids to enjoy and adults to endure. Um, which, um, Phil Lord of Lord and Miller tweeted about how, distasteful he found that as a yeah, person I mean, that's who makes animated films. thing you know brad bird is just started melting down his like six oscars just <laughs> a guy who you know like you ever hear like people brutal. oh yeah go ahead. keep going yeah yeah oh just brad bird's whole thing about like animation is not a genre it's like the thing that drives him the most up the wall is that people consider animation a genre when it's like animation's just 
a medium and right. it could be it could any, any genre. Number of genres inside it. Yeah. There is no genre that animation falls under. That's like the biggest hurdle with yeah, animation. Yeah, yeah. He feels that people still think of it as one. Uh, so you know, comments like that are just poison. Well, especially in his blood. Yeah, oh yeah, and especially um, this year uh, with the uh, I didn't actually I don't remember now uh, where was it uh, Flea Flea um, Danish uh, the the Danish document uh, animated documentary film this year it is an intense important animated film for adults and to have yourself be in the category right. to be nominated and be told this is for people doing uh, for adults to endure uh the other one was on the one that Questlove won mm. um for summer of soul which i have not seen and also sounds very good but the I, chris like this was obviously distracted by what else was going on but chris rock referred to it as Questlove and four white guys and I read a long piece from one of the other producers of that movie, who's a South Asian guy and only the third South Asian to ever be nominated for an Oscar, I believe. Um, anyway, just really furious about the way he yeah. was introduced. It just felt like it was a movie show by people who hate movies. Yeah. And then the only thing anyone remembers about it was a non-movie related thing. I right. mean, it sucks. Yeah. It sucks. I, yeah, so I mean, I, my was... feeling is shut it down. Yeah. Last That's my issue. general feeling. It it should just end. Um, I I wanted to talk about because what what happened with the Kevin Costner thing. I I feel like in a in an alternate universe, that's something that would have been like the memorable moment from that. But it's like I I don't know if you guys remember this part because it was no, after his little opening after speech. The other th- yeah, so he's doing a little speech and oh, it, yeah. the censors shut him down in the middle of that. his speech because oh, I didn't he. See that. I don't know if it happened for everybody. Um, I know it was. It definitely just, looked. Your TV decided you didn't deserve it. No, it literally like cut to like just a, not even an Oscars title card. It was like this has been shut down by a, a parental group or something like that. Whoa! Um, and it's because Kevin Costner is giving a speech and he's trying to say that the first movie he saw was when he was seven, but he chose the words he chose was is the first adult, adult film I yeah. saw oh. <laughs> was when I was seven. And it, this is after the hit. So it's like everybody's what? freaking out. And he's like, I saw an adult film when I was seven. And everyone's like, what do you mean adult film? And then he's like, there was a cowboy in it. And then my TV was just like, nope, <laughs> nope. Oh. And I don't know what happened for other people. I haven't heard anyone else talk about this. But oh, for yeah. me, that was a very weird moment. And it cuts back eventually. And it seemed like Kevin Costner was aware that it had been cut away because oh, he I says don't something think like, so. "No, really, I don't think anything I got mean, cut for me." Yeah, what that's I hilarious. Saw was his his long rambling speech about how he saw how the West was won when he was seven. He didn't right. get up during the intermission, and it wasn't. He was presenting right. as director, and he was giving right. a a pretty good speech. I thought actually his the point he made about how like it's not just one person who makes a movie. There's a lot of right. people that are responsible for it, and the director is there to kind of like know corral them and keep them all on the same picture um and i thought it was kind of long and rambly um but i mean and also if you're bragging about not getting up during an admission this is just a story about how you were not well hydrated as a kid right well you can just go a whole you know you should still have to pee at some point during a movie yeah, um, I, I mean, I thought him and was... Anthony Hopkins, who, by the way, do you guys remember how the Oscars ended last year? I don't think people talk about that enough. The um, It was really came... abrupt, wasn't it? Well, yeah, it was because everyone assumed Chadwick Boseman was going to win post. Oh, right. Honestly. So mm-hmm. they moved Best Actor to the very end. 
Anthony Hopkins wins. He's not there. And they made it go, go well, good night. Oh, um, yeah, that was crazy. <laughs> right. Uh, yeah. But yeah, that was this, a crazy show. Just moment. can't catch a break. Yeah. And I just don't think it really serves much of a function culturally anyways. And I just mm. think the time for this show is over. I just it don't does really feel care. like I think you should do what the, the Golden Globes d- did, which is just shut down the whole award ceremony, tweet out the winners, move on. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah. there used to be, I was, you know. Al Pacino th- forgot to show up. That's how small. Yeah. Wait, what? I didn't know that. You didn't see this? Al Pacino was, was, he was, he was like, I think he was like two hours late or something. And he said he just oh. forgot to show up. But yeah, he was there. He showed. He was on stage doing the Godfather thing. But um, yeah, he was. But he uh uh, and he for anyway. He yeah he or he he forgot something. Okay, anyway, I think he yeah I think he but, or maybe he didn't show up to rehearsals because he forgot. But yeah, um, I was thinking about this recently because of the Oscars and kind of like the movies we've been doing and stuff like you know, like a lot of the films we've done here, like One Flew of the Cuckoo's Nest, we did a while back uh, for this game and like. One of the things about that movie is like, like trying to imagine living in a world in which like a film like One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest was like the third most profitable film of the year. You know what mm. I mean? Like, um, like imagining right. living right. in a in a world that was still like that. But I mean, like in like with the Oscars, the same way. I mean, up till I mean, within our lifetimes, up till 15 years ago, I would say if you won Best Picture besides the acclaim, what that was was they would re-release your movie and you would make like another $60 million, right? Well, that they used are, to be yeah, they are so, doing that with Coda. Yeah, but it's it's not the same way. It's not going to get the same right. budget. But that Return. used to be yeah. that, like, yeah, if you won Best Picture, your movie got to play for another three or four months and people would go see it solely because of that. And there yeah, really isn't even that element to the oscars anymore it does you know? seem like it's gonna you know i don't feel like Encanto is getting a big push in buzz because of this but i you know th- uh, they are gonna really release code in theaters some some places and you know we're gonna do our we're gonna do a special episode next week where we're gonna talk about drive my car um which best one for best foreign language film so we are going to do our best to contribute to the hype cycle of movies that deserve to get a little bit more attention but generally speaking um what a blah time. Shut it down. The Actually, I, we, we got to move on. The other thing I was going to say in the news is it's April Fool's Day and I hate it. That was the only other thing I wanted to talk oh, about. Oh, right. Yeah. This really is the worst day. Up. Yeah. You haven't? Up. Oh, my God. I, every yeah. year, it's like just the it's the least funny people get together and put like, what if there was Wi-Fi in your toilet? We're Google. It's the like, uh, it's awful. It's uh, uh, TikTok is just people saying they're quitting and then saying just kidding. I mean, it's like there's just no. Yeah. Well, I it mean, makes me I mean, think joking is dead. The thing with like most jokes is for all the bad ones, there is like what I really like. And Alex, you might not get this, but Hunter, you probably will. Is that there's been a trend in video games the last few years? Oh my god! Of no. People doing like joke announcements, but yeah. then mm. those act- announcements actually turn Are into real. real games. Yeah, yeah. Like, they like there's like a you, this game series called Yakuza that, as a joke, they did like a tone based thing. And then because they made that, they were like, this is actually kind of fun. And then that's what they made the next game into. So I do. Right. This is like, yeah, it's become it's this is a way of like test marketing products the same way that you like suggest to your partner. Like, wouldn't it be funny if I peed on you? And (laughs) then if they if they say yes, then you're like, now that's a thing we get to do. You're like, I was not kidding. You know what I'm talking about? With the Yakuza thing, I think it's more of um. The motivation to really think outside the box for a joke 
allows you to then like see something from a sure, new perspective. Yeah, yeah. Like they yeah. were just doing something that they, it wasn't like they were testing it. It was that, Oh, wouldn't it be ridiculous if they did this? But then because they actually made that, they thought like, it was more oh fun than they expected. It's actually it more. Way better yeah. than we thought it was. So I do like, like that element of like just seeing something through that lens gives you such a different perspective on something that it will like, create something new out of it like that's kind of i totally agree i totally agree wouldn't it be funny if we kissed right now i mean it wouldn't we should yeah but it'd be kind of funny right wouldn't it be hilarious yeah wouldn't it just make me laugh all right all right well i don't want to do this but we're gonna have to let's talk about this week's movie yay yeah all right it's time for segment two the game this week, we are talking about In the Cut, the 2003 psychological thriller written and directed by Jane Campion and starring Meg Ryan, Mark Ruffalo, Jennifer Jason Lee, and of course, Mr. Kevin Bacon. Yeah. It's based Co- on... Co-written by Jane Campion. Written and directed by Jane Campion. Yeah. yeah. She wrote it with it was, the novel, yeah. The yeah, novelist. Yeah. Yeah. The, right. The, the novelist is credited, but I don't know if the, how much the novelist does work. They always mm. get credit for having written the mo- novel, right? No, but she's credited as writer on the movie too. Oh, as a co-writer for the screenplay yeah, yeah. as well. Aren't you you get co-writer credit if it's based on. No, no, you get it, just uh, okay. if you don't no, have I'm, anything to do with the movie, you get based on by. I'm very sorry, Susanna. I did not mean to diminish your work. I was going to say that it was based on the erotic thriller of the same name by Susanna Moore, um, and also that in the cut is, of course, a prequel to In the Heights. Yeah, so you could have just let me get to that. You thought, if you, thought, universe, you thought not yeah. mentioning more uh, as one of the writers was bad. Wait until I said it's in the in the universe. Yeah. Um, so apparently, also I was looking at the the book was not well reviewed. It was like mostly panned and considered trashy. So actually, I think the movie might have been Jane Campion honoring the author's original intent by making mm-hmm. a movie that's poorly reviewed. I think that's kind I mean, of a smart. Oh, yeah. This, also, this movie did get poor reviews. Yeah. Regardless. yeah. Which I think is pretty interesting, especially, like, there's a lot of factors that go into it. But I do think if if you look at sort of the modern critical consensus, this film has certainly undergone a reevaluation over the last few years. And, and I'm um, here to undo that. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, we, we all know you're a huge fan of the patriarchy. Uh, oh, wait, you wait. really don't like movies attacking that. No. Before before, before we get into that, um, who picked this? I don't remember. Me, Alex. I picked it. You picked this. This is my pick. I'd never seen it, never heard of it, but I did like um, her cowboy movie, so I wanted, I thought it'd be cool to see another Campion movie. Uh, and hmm. also because this was a deal that I struck with Ezra, because this movie sets up Ezra to score points next time. I so see. because Mark Ruffalo is also in Eternal, is in Sunshine, Eternal Sunshine. Yeah, yeah. 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 Okay, cool, cool. Um, so, uh, yeah, we'll we'll come back to this reevaluation and we'll talk about that in a second. Um, I also have to make sure everybody at home, in case you're disappointed, in the cut uh, is the movie. It's not the sitcom on Bounce TV set in a barbershop. So this is oh, totally okay. different things called That's in the a cut. Good name for a sitcom set in a barbershop. I know. I That's know. a good well, name. Also, I was going to say available on Netflix, but it was on Netflix through the 31st of March. So it just yeah. got taken down today. So you can't yeah. watch it today. I had mm. I watched it today. I watched this movie at 10 a.m. Oh, today. good way to start your day. They still <laughs> it was it's not. I mean, I, I shower to get you going in the morning. Yeah, yeah. I mean, spoiler. I liked it, but yeah. it was very weird to watch before eating like food. Yeah, yeah I will for sure. say that should have eaten. Same way. Okay. Last night, I'm kind of like in the see, I'm glad I had at least because this is the type of movie that um, 
I like it the more I get away from it. Like every, it's one of those movies that like I I I got it when I saw it. And I kind of enjoyed it. It was definitely some problems with it. Um, but like as I get further away and it kind of like sinks in more and more, I sort of like it more by the minute. I find yeah. more things to like about it. Sure, like a like, um, a, like a really healthy juice, green juice or something. It's mm. like not doesn't taste good, but later on you're like, ah, oh, I feel like I it had definitely some juice. Doesn't taste good, and no. I, I, mean, I feel like it should not be a surprise that I liked this movie because this movie is basically a giallo. I mean, it is yeah, like yeah. it is a giallo if things were more had more realness to it. I yeah. feel like sure. and not so distracted I by think, goofy, silly things. I think that the movie's kind of like. There's two movies here. One I really like, one I really don't like. The the movie that is like kind of like a slow contemplative study of what it is like to be a woman, uh, a heterosexual woman uh, in the 21st century in a city New New York. I mean, like the best. This movie really made me think of you. Ever, I forget who said this tweet. I was trying to find it, uh, but the joke has been stolen so much that I can't find who originally wrote this, but the joke yeah. of um, men are trash, but I'm a, I'm a raccoon. Yeah, exactly. Is really what this movie made me think of, of the sort of like right. the push and pull of what it's like to be a woman in a patriarchal right. society and to be attracted to men and to try to navigate yeah. the Even world and the around, dangers yeah, of it. Like every, and every man is a serial killer, but also I am horny. Yeah. Also yeah. Like every man, like, uh, like sometimes like, Guys who are scumbags like Mark Ruffalo are fucking hot, right? Like yeah. it's it's yeah. and like I he really like the paranoia and the feeling of being watched. And then there's like the the thriller, the slasher thriller that's in this, which is yeah. nonsensical and filled with weird coincidences and doesn't make yeah. a lot of sense. And yeah, that movie but... I didn't like as much, but I really yeah. love that first movie. Um I would just add, I think there's also a third movie, which is um, like a helmet cam on a roller coaster, just like a lot of shaking up and down. Mm. That's um, true. So if you could add to those two movies being motion sick, that's what that was how I felt. Yeah, the, the, movie. the first 15 minutes of this movie, I was almost thinking I was going to hate the entire thing. Mm. And then it, I don't know, it just like at mm. some point I just clicked into it and I like the. I like the shitty slasher movie going on <laughs> in it too. Even though it's stupid, it is really dumb. Like, well, that's a, this no, movie has a dumb movie inside of well, it yeah. as uh, on top of the good stuff. Well, the stuff. thing Actually, I think is just yeah, yeah. one quick point on that about how something that I think uh, r- really adds to people hating this. Like, this movie got an F cinema score when it came yeah. out, right? People hated it. 33% on Rotten Tomatoes. I think one of the things that you have to kind of keep in context is that. I don't know if you guys remember what movies in New York looked like after 9-11, but they did not look like this, right? Sure. Yeah. This movie is shot to make New York look like such a skeezy, dangerous, yeah. dirty, grimy place. And this is not how people were filming New York in the years after 9-11. They were not portraying the city this way. They were not showing the, these parts of it. And the way right. this movie is constantly just has this voyeuristic kind of you're watching from a distance just the absolute shittiest city on the planet is the way this movie makes it look i would um, i would say I, I don't think that's entirely fair to new york i think it, <laughs> it also made it look very interesting and i actually that's my by far the thing that i liked the most about it was the the new york the how they yeah. made new york look and how it captured yeah, but, new york and i thought this was probably the closest a movie has after, ever captured new york to how new york looked looks to me in the time i've been there I'm not in the actual activities. I've never been in an apartment above a strip club filled with a woman's blood. But just like 
like there's a great scene where she's getting on the subway and these people these people walk behind them behind her holding a like Dying seven reef. foot tall yeah. heart made out of roses that says mom like clearly going to a funeral and that's not part of the show that's just a choice she made for the background yeah. actors to do yeah, yeah and that is like there's always like one of the things i love about new york is if you ever feel like you're the main character in a movie and then you go to new york you're like there's other more interesting yeah, movies yeah. happening yeah yeah and that's how i felt about that like the, like last time i was in new york we were getting on the subway and this couple brought in a full like a huge like reclining chair and was like that starbucks gave this to us and that was they just yeah. said that to the car and then they drove by and it was like that's just the rest of their day they're having a more interesting day than i am i'm just walking yeah. around going I mean, to see this- a show this movie's These people, filled with those little yeah. interactions. The like battered bride they keep cutting back to in the subway station. There, oh, there's like, yeah. a great shot where like you're just like she's in a car and it just cuts to a girl running down the street, right? Yep. Like this young oh, girl, yeah. like maybe being pursued. Like we don't know, but it's like again, it's like this little story. I mean, it's like you know that's why they say oh, all the time if you oh, want to capture oh, your American even... city. You got to get an Australian to come and show you it, right? <laughs> right. right. You haven't well, seen your also, city until you've seen it through the eyes of an Australian woman. So the thing about mom's funeral, the woman just randomly running this bride mm. who looks like she's had a rough time of it. Those mm. are all about the movie's central theme about how marriage is yep. inherently dangerous for women. Yep. Like I, yep. yeah, yeah, all of the little background stories are not just random. They feel real to New York, but then are thematic about the metaphor. These yeah. things I like about the movie. Not tasty, though. Not a delicious film. But let me tell everybody what's going on, because people have not seen this movie, probably. First of all, it is my choice. I do regret it. It did kind of ruin my Thursday night. But I, what happened was last week, as you guys remember, so the way we're playing this year-long uh, movie game where we're trying to steer using only actors in common, like the Kevin Bacon game, we're trying to steer the game towards the movies we picked at the beginning of the season in order to score points. Hunter, just last week, scored the first points of the game. The opening salvo at the end of March. Um, it's a long game. Uh, yep. And when somebody scores points, according to our rules that we made up as we were going, the next person has e- the choice of either continuing on and Kevin Baconing from there or resetting to any Kevin Bacon movie of their choice. So I chose to reset to this Kevin Bacon movie so as to help Ezra score points next week um, and just to get us in general away from silent Russian films. So that's what we did. Um, that's what's happening. Now let me tell you guys what the movie is in case you have not watched the two- that 2003 psychological thriller erotic thriller uh, erotic horny thriller, thriller. Er- erotic. In the cut. yeah uh, wikipedia called it psychological thriller but yeah it's definitely got mm. eroticism anyway mm. here's what's going on okay so meg ryan is a very horny english teacher living in new york and literally everybody she hangs out with has serial killer vibes which is especially difficult and awkward in her life right now because in her neighborhood there is a active brutal serial killer working right um, she meets a, a detective who is very handsome, uh, who's investigating one of these murders, and um, then he decides to completely ruin his investigation by asking her on a date, but then also bringing his, he decides to absolutely ruin the date by bringing his partner along who gets drunk and says homophobic shit. So he's really just a ruiner of things, but he's Mark Ruffalo, a young Mark Ruffalo, got a mustache, looks kind of hot. And he really um, knows how to eat pussy. That's a yep. very important plot I point might, in this movie. I might that skip he, that part really of my summary. I'm going to skip it in uh, my summary. That's an important part of the that's summary. I've actually, I don't know if I've ever seen a conversation about Cunnilingus in a Hollywood film. It doesn't happen sure a lot. Ever. It does say that the only reason he could be good is because he was um, the victim of abuse as a child. Yeah, I hated um, that. I didn't like that part necessarily. I felt like th- I, I, that was weird because I was like, is the movie aware of what he's saying, <laughs> like, it don't, but I guess the movie is so grimy and dark that, like, yeah, that probably. 
probably. Well, and also everybody's the, the thing you mentioned with Meg Ryan's like um, deadpan delivery, I guess you could say. Yeah. Catatonic delivery is that almost the whole movie is people underreacting to things other people say, exactly. with the exception of Kevin Bacon, who overreacts to every yeah. sentence, which is a very interesting <laughs> He's choice. He's amazing, though. He's so good at this. Right. It's completely, you, it's yeah, so you, off-putting. You picked up your wife, right, Alex, by showing her a picture of a severed head and then going immediately. You want to get drinks later? Oh, my later? God. Right? Yeah, this, well, it gets even worse when they actually date. hook up because she does not have a good time at the date. So she leaves the date and then she's immediately attacked by a masked man who she narrowly escapes. And then she calls him and her detective friend and is like, hey, um, I almost got attacked. And he comforts her by having sex with her. And he does the thing. You know, the thing it's like actually cute in other situations where you're like, I'll show you how to play pool or how to shoot, you know, bow and arrow by putting my arms around yeah, you yeah. and walking you through the motions. He does that, except reenacting the assault she just suffered minutes right. ago. Yeah. One of the main themes of this movie is um, people not caring that she's going through trauma in the last few minutes right. and trying and not to have being sex sensitive with her. to it at yeah. all whatsoever. Yeah. It's like they just have well, no awareness of it. Well, also no. that she is in it's. It is like she has nothing but trauma from men. So there's no right. point in which she can have something happen without having trauma related to it. Right. That's right. like kind of goes into like the catatonic mm. performance state yeah. is that she is just so bombarded with violent, dangerous men. And that's one of the things about like Mark Ruffalo's character. Like one of my favorite things in sort of retrospect is that he's very hard to get a read on because very early on, he literally says to her, like, look, I can be whatever the fuck you want. I am completely immalleable. I am like clay, right? Is what he's explaining. He can be whatever she needs him to be, and he will be that role. So you really can't ever get a read on him because he is just what she wants him to be while also using like her weird privilege to appeal to authority because that's what she thinks. I don't know that he successfully is what he said. I mean, anybody who says I can be whatever you want to be on a date is already not what I want you to be. So I feel like he was, he did, he might have been missing out. Um, Also, if if she wanted him to be not creepy, that wasn't a thing he could pull off. Um, (laughs) And it's not just the mustache. She's also everything he says or does is creepy, which might make you think, Perhaps Mark Ruffalo, the detective investigating the serial killer, is himself a serial killer. But wait, it could also be her ex-boyfriend, Kevin Bacon, who's always creeping around and has an ugly dog, which is definitely serial killer behavior. But wait, it could also be her student, who she's kind of dating, who wrote a term paper about John Wayne Gacy and illustrated it with blood. But it turns out it was none of those obvious people um, because we find out when Meg Ryan's half-sister, who lives above a strip club, gets uh, murdered. And so then she's really uh, is suspecting her Mark Ruffalo, the detective, to do it. It was the one who did it. So she handcuffs him to a pipe in her apartment and runs to the safe and open arms of his homophobic partner, who is like, bada-boom, it was me! <laughs> um, and then she shoots him and, in a lighthouse and escapes back. Um, uh, and because, as we all know, uh, being in immediate physical danger means Mark Ruffalo is turned on. And so she comes back and Mark Ruffalo is like, let's cuddle um, because, Credits. but, but at least she's no longer in any danger of being immediately serial killed. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. I mean, and that's one of the my movie. favorite lines in retrospect is the one. I love like the, the whole scene when she's teaching the lighthouse at the end. And she says, how many women have to die to make a story? Interesting three. And this is a movie in which three women die and it ends at a lighthouse. Oh, shit. Um, right. Oh, like, shit. Like that, 
That is a good line in hindsight. I didn't realize that. That is like, it's really interesting the way the movie is like, because I mean, this movie is, I think, one of the reasons why I I think the thriller part doesn't work for me is because what I mean, it's obviously trying to like deconstruct and subvert erotic thriller expectations, right? right? It is rather than being from the perspective of like a male detective in an erotic thriller who and you know and comes in contact with the femme fatale and you know it's all the sex from a male gaze this is a an erotic thriller from like a potential victim's perspective where all the sort of eroticism is about like her pleasure and like from her perspective on these things right um, but I, I just felt like the, the sort of like the, the thriller part of it is so kind of random and very poorly told in terms of like how these connections happen and like how the killer is connected to everything. I mean, I do kind of like the, the over the top nature of these crimes, like the fact that there's like this whole elaborate scene in which the killer cut up this woman and put her in a washing machine. And we spend mm-hmm. yeah. so much time on the, this guy, like showing everything that is like it's so it's almost Twin Peaksy in its yeah. just incredibly mm-hmm. heightened, making fun of this type of scene in something like a Seven or like a Fatal Attraction, right? It is like the most ridiculous version Over of the what top. you're going to see. Yeah, yeah. Um, I and, think I think yeah. the reason though that like I mean I I would agree with you that some of the the plotting is kind of shoddy. Um, this series of events sometimes doesn't make sense. Like, do you remember when she finds Mark that Mark Ruffalo has her keychain thing? Yeah. What yeah. was up with why was that? I don't even remember why. Just another red herring. So she, yeah. Well, that's so, what like makes her think, oh, he's definitely the killer. Well, yeah, yeah. Right. But I guess that was thing. just incidental. Yeah. Uh doesn't well, really no, matter. It was like, yeah. So so she was like, Oh, he's keeping trophies like a person who kills people, and he was yeah. like, I'm keeping trophies like a guy who fucks people. Mm. Totally oh. separate. That's okay. Yeah, yeah, maybe I just sort of missed that. But regardless, my my point is this: I think that the thriller part only works because for me, because the tone of the dialogue I feel like actually kind of supports it. The way people talk in this movie is actually pretty ridiculous yeah. all the time. I mean, we talked earlier about, uh, you know, Mark Ruffalo is good at cunnilingus. Why is he good at cunnilingus? Well, he's going to describe essentially an assault. Mm-hmm. And then we're not going to react to that. Like th- this movie tonally is mm. pretty bizarre all throughout. Just the way everyone talks to each yeah. other. Yeah. The things that happen, the way people react to the things that happen is ridiculous. And and you, you mentioned this is a giallo. I totally felt that way. And I felt like if this was an Italian, I would like be like, OK, with all of that. Yeah. But in English, where I know what the words mean, I'm like, you should really react. Yeah. When someone See? says, did you serial kill my sister? You should have some emotional facial mm. work you should say something yeah if it's yeah. not an obvious or, no then the answer is probably yes like you could just say this, no this movie has so many weird little touches it's like a scene when they're at like a this like diner and she like pours a packet of sugar on the counter that they cut to for some weird reason there's a, a long elaborate scene not a super elaborate but there's a long scene when patrice o'neill sets up a little gun he has in his purse that like never comes back or is never resolved. There's a lot of these sort of like red herrings. Patrice O'Neill also in the, in the Kevin Bacon world of like, I'm going to do more than enough in this movie as opposed (laughs) to the Meg Ryan. I'm going to do less than you'd expect. Right. Mm -hmm. He's doing a lot. 
Yeah. That coffee shop scene was confusing for was was confusing also very upsetting. One, because she just poured out the sugar and then they didn't care. But also she ordered a dry latte, which is um not a thing. She yeah. that's not you can't you can't dry a latte. The milk is there. Yeah, what that's that what makes mean? it a latte. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So there's she no, asked for there no, is no foam. dry latte. Not yeah. a lot of foam in a latte normally fine, whatever. But then she's like very, very dry, which is when you make a cappuccino with no milk and just foam. So she's like, no foam, but all foam, please. And that's why I decided she was actually probably the serial killer herself, because that is a mm. nutty order. Well, I do think you're supposed to kind of like because she spends a lot of the movie doubting herself, right? Like doubting yeah. even her own recollections. So I think they're, they're overall the movie is trying to set this sort of unreliable tone where I don't even know if I'm supposed to believe the things that Meg Ryan is seeing and perceiving because we're in yeah. her point of view. Right. Right. And it's pretty, the way the movie is shot is very like, it, it's very confusing as, it's as very much as it dreamy. possibly can be. And I mean, there's like this element of like voyeurism, right? When a lot of the movie is like, you're watching her through different windows and from across totally, the yeah, street. A lot of the time it's like, Oh, we're in her bedroom, but there's like a, a piece of, the bookshelf is slightly blocking the view yeah. of the camera, which yeah. does give it a very voyeuristic point of view. Um, but it also has this very sort of like, uh, sort of like paranoid thing where it's not necessarily feels like somebody is watching her, but she feels like she is being watched. Like the voice, like the, the camera angles feel more motivated from like her heightened anxiety of just yeah. trying to live in this world. While also, like I said earlier, the like, men are trash but i'm a raccoon thing where like you know like she is like attracted to these men right she does want to have sex with them and i i do like the way this movie one like you see a lot of meg ryan nudity in this which is not something i expected um and i i definitely really she's very famous yeah yeah i did not respond especially because like meg ryan i mean if you want to talk about you know fucked up patriarchal things in a society no career has been more fucked over by society's norms than Meg Ryan, right? She was... Tell me more. Well, Meg Ryan, Hollywood sweetheart, right? Was, huh? you know, a lot of, like, rom-coms. was always this very chum, right? She's incredible in, you know, Sleepless in Seattle. Um, right. All of those movies she was making at this time. She really has this, like, you know, when Harry met Sally, this, like, this, this energy hmm. that you cannot describe. Meg Ryan is such a talented actress. And what happened was... She was married to Dennis Quaid for a long time, right? They were like a Hollywood mm -hmm. couple. He was always kind of well-known to be unfaithful to her, but his career never suffered. She made a movie with Russell Crowe in which she had an affair with Russell Crowe on the set. And right. when that came out, Russell Crowe's career did not get affected at all. If anything, uh. he got praised. Meg Ryan's career was ruined by sleeping mm -hmm. with Russell Crowe. That is what dried up all of her roles. That is when she stopped getting these type of things. Um, she became like a pariah. She was constantly getting made fun of on talk shows. She was come up in interviews. Um, and that basically is what tanked her career. Why Meg Ryan stopped showing up in things around the late nineties, early two thousands was famously because she had an affair with Russell Crowe. And then like mm. when she did this movie, which was, you know, this role was originally meant for Nicole Kidman, who I also think would be, right. I honestly think Nicole Kidman would probably be way better in this role. But I think Meg Ryan wanted to do this because she wanted to sort of like get out of the role she was kind of pigeonholed in before and also do right. something more erotic, more adult, the kind of like as a reaction to the fact that society standards about her being America's sweetheart is what 
like fucked over her career when she made like a human decision. Right. Mm -hmm. And then if you look at interviews from this time, she was people were so shitty to her about like, how could you be in this movie? Why would you want to do this? Like, why would you get naked so much? It's just, it's insane the shit she got for being in this film. And when you double that with, you know, like the Russell Crowe thing. I mean, that's why Meg Ryan doesn't, didn't really get woke. I mean, she's starting to get woke nowadays. And I feel really bad for her because she like, on top of all of that, she fell into the Hollywood thing of like having to get just a lot of work done. And I just it's it's very sad because I think Meg Ryan would probably still be beautiful without that. She's had such a unique presence and face. And like because of that Hollywood thing of, you know, like Tom Cruise gets to still sleep with 30 year olds in all of his movies and he doesn't look like he has had a bunch of work done. But women actresses have to do that. You know, it's right. just like Meg Ryan's career trajectory is so sad and it's such an like, example of what standards you know hollywood is, on women i mean there's a, several parts of this is like obviously about my slightly sheltered existence um but it is shocking to me that that was a thing that was happening in the early 2000s still it seems like we would have been past that where you could like sleep with russell crowe and be okay um mm -hmm. uh, i would think i would thought um and i would i would certainly think well today you can have an affair and it's not going to hurt your career um but certainly like watching um, I hate to talk about this again, but watching the reaction to Will Smith, Chris Rock, oh, yeah, uh -huh. there is this strong, like, uh -huh. there's a lot of bad takes, but there is a strong current of by far the worst takes, which are she has been unfaithful to him, and that's why he has to do this is because he's mad that he's been cucked. When oh, Will wow. Smith has also mm. slept with like a bunch of other people because that's a they high level bad take, Alex. Yes. I didn't even know that's where you're gonna go. You didn't see this? I saw th this was all over the place. Um, no, I couldn't. I couldn't look at anytime anything happens. I look at Twitter for about ten minutes and then I puke all <laughs> over my phone, and my phone just turns off. It's amazing. I mean, I don't, I saw it all in like quote tweets from people who are actually smart, being like, "What the hell is this person on about?" Like Tom Segura had one of those. Like he hit Chris Rock because he's mad at his wife because he's being cucked or whatever. It's like just just stellarly bad takes if you were yeah. gonna come anyway but the point is and then i would watch all you'd be like oh this has two hundred thousand likes or whatever mm -hmm. it's like it's shocking to me that that is still happening anyway right so i mean you i think it just goes to show that like in you can just kind of assume all you want about how how much progress maybe the world has happened right that has happened in the world uh but then something like that happens and then everybody just kind of shows you where where they're at Right. And it, yeah, yeah. can uh, well, be I surprisingly mean, not I've great. I'm upset to remember yeah. where people are at, as I guess my feeling. Yeah, I mean, right yeah. Now. no, there it was go. also a long ago, but like, look at like Justin Timberlake, Britney Spears breaking up and totally. like her totally. sleeping around. She became a pariah. He got to go on SNL and make jokes about it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Like, there, that's, uh, I think that's still a very common thing. I mean, I can't, I don't follow gossip, um, of very much sort of what's happening with young celebrities, but I'm almost positive. That if a si similar situation happened, the woman yeah. today, the woman would still get most of the flack. Especially I think so too, yeah. If I, she played innocent, young, exactly um, sweet yeah. characters, yeah. right? Yeah. If, if we if we put something on on a woman to say that she needs to be this, and then she does anything that like goes against that type that we've given her, I think we still pretty much react poorly. Whereas yeah. men get treated as geniuses, you when know, they go they, against type. Yeah, when they go against type, men are like yeah. these 
oh my god what what that's so wild that he can just do anything or whatever you know that type of thing um, um also okay, well, so- this would maybe be a good time to call it that it would be you know i feel like it would be this is obvious to say but i do think this would have been a cool episode if it wasn't just like three guys talking about this movie yeah, yeah. I, I disagree i think this was a good i think we showed that yeah. we're on the the good we covered, side yeah i think we got it all you're we right showed that we could we could have that opinion you know we're very modern we're very cool we get it we're yeah. the good ones i think we nailed this yeah. one i mean you're I right do- I do three think white that, nights. It is. It is, dude. That sounds is like kind a cool of fun. army. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> it is fun to do a movie that is like in the middle of being reevaluated, right? Because this is a type of movie. Like, even if, like I said, at the time I watched it last night, I was not really feeling it. I was kind of like the disjointed nature of it. I thought like the overdirected camera work that like Hunter was kind of talking about yeah. took me a little while to acclimate to it. Um, but like, it's very easy to understand why in 2003, this movie would be so derided. Right. Um, and, but I mean, I do think that now it is, it's a much more interesting film in 2020, 2022 than it probably was in 2003. Well, I would like to say, I feel like this movie has also undergone a reevaluation in the last 15 minutes. My, you guys have convinced me. I'm, Aww. I'm seeing it. Still not an enjoyable time. Still right. a very yeah. unenjoyable two hey, hours. Hey, hey, I and, did not. Yeah, not delicious. But I hope really I have not said anything to make it sound like I think this is a delicious movie because right. it isn't. It's, it's a tough movie. It's a hard watch, and I think everybody making the movie knew that it was. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah, not, yeah, yeah. If that's not on accident, that's on purpose. Yeah. Well, I mean, and I, I, yeah, think- and I look. I'm a, I'm a very sensitive little boy, and you know the just the juxtaposition of the dirty sex stuff and the graphic violence makes my stomach ill. Really, yeah. don't, like I don't, I don't like to put fun stuff in my not fun stuff. I don't want yeah. I don't want to scoop ice cream on my salad, you know? I right. want to keep them separate and right. I uh, did not enjoy that part of it. I was very yeah. I normally if there's a mo- in nudity in a movie, I'm for it. I'm having a great time, but when it is like immediately before and then again immediately after opening the the washing machine full of blood, yep. I'm just and pulling out an arm, mm. just uh, displeased, displeased. I don't yeah, like I it. Yeah. Also, I think because, this movie... So like you said before about the nude, being nude on set, it's like, I feel guilty if I'm aroused and I feel guilty yeah. if I'm not. Yeah. I mean, this honestly, Alex, I think what you're describing is the... Because when people talk about this movie, they talk about the subversion of the male gaze in this movie. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. I think I by the end up. of this movie, you're not very interested in flesh yeah. anymore. You're yeah. kind of just like, yeah, okay, I see yeah. it, but... Yeah. I mean, this is a really interesting movie in that way. I think this is a great example of when people talk about the male gaze and the way sex scenes are usually shot by male directors. So even violence is usually shot by male directors right like mm-hmm. there is certain certain directors like even films i love where it's like am i supposed to like get off on this violence here like is that what the like is the director getting off on the violence here but yeah. With yeah. this one you know because so much of the sexuality is not about um like mark ruffalo like coming right it really isn't about him none yeah. of the sex is about him He's always just there. It's about like what she needs and her pleasure and her being serviced, right? And except in the fact that she's uncomfortable and miserable the whole movie. Right. So it's really about her pleasure as long as you do it on a very micro timeline and only in the way that he's willing to be. Yeah. Mm. Good to her. None of the none of the relationships in this movie are healthy. 
There's no that is no. there's no sign of that in, yeah, in the even, film. Even the one that you think would be good, which is creepy Kevin Bacon and his creepy dog, he's like, Oh, you won't oh, watch my dog for the weekend? I'm gonna have it put down. So like even uh, that relationship is bad. Well, like yeah. the little drops you get about like how fucked up of a guy her dad is, right? Like it's mm-hmm. just yeah, yeah. pulled out through the movie. The story yeah. about just leaving her in Vienna when she was five when she was thirteen yeah. for five days. Yeah. The like the weird way like the way her mother tells this really fucked up weird story about their engagement, but paints he was engaged to someone else. And then he met my mom and just took the ring and gave it to my mom instead. They show, they like show that, but it's not even a real story. It did not even happen. And when you see the flashbacks of it, it looks fake as hell. That moment is when I fell in love with the movie because that's (laughs) when I realized it was a shallow because yeah. that scene yeah. was so blatantly stupid in its presentation mm. that I was like this reminds me of the kind of like here you go look at this i don't care like shallow stuff and well, right. I, the very, you the very enjoy first, this movie that's a good place to start i think the very first thing you see of this so like throughout this movie there's these black and white flashbacks to this courting of her her dad and her mom and in the opening credits of the movie, played to this, you know, sort of very early 2000s atmospheric cover of um, when I was just a uh, say, um, case of uh, is that the name of the yeah, yeah. song? Case yeah, of rock. Case of <laughs> rock. Uh, this cover of that, you're getting like these, you know, these shots of like the, the girl's life. And then the very last shot of the opening scenes is this black and white scene of this girl skating. And you have a close up of the father's hand in a black glove just making a fist yeah right and it cuts away but the way that like you don't have the context to know that this is like supposed to be a happy story about them dating but it portrays when you take that little shot and you put that in the context of the movie her father was also a predator right that his Mm -hmm. father like what that scene actually is is like a serial killer having a killing ground and stalking his prey her father was doing that on the ice, right? Her father was also stalking prey on the ice. And the like literally and, with and, that Jalo connection was with a black glove, right? It like is right. tying into those purposeful things. And her father was stalking and like giving people a ring as a sign that he had won and found his prey, just like the serial killer's signature was putting a an engagement ring on the woman that he just murdered. Yeah. You know, because and it's the like, enemy is marriage. Yeah, that kind of stuff is really. I think there's a lot of there's a lot to chew on in this movie for sure. This is there's a lot of yep. meat on those bones. Yeah, I don't think like the connection. You know what? Tissue. Actually, I think this movie ruined meat yeah. for me, so I don't want to <laughs> yeah. do that. Well, you are it, a notorious a, meat eater, Alex. So well, yeah, yeah, there's a lot you, of yeah. a lot of cappuccino foam in this yeah. latte. Um, okay, <laughs> we have to move on. Um, you have convinced me to reevaluate it. I still didn't like it, but. Now we have to figure out where it falls on the master list of quality. Oh, a, dear. A definitive listing of the quality of all movies we have watched in season five. Um, an unchangeable list. So we have 11 movies currently on the list. Where does In the Cut fit as our 12th can you, film? Can you post a copy of the list in the chat? I haven't actually looked at the list in a long time. I would like sure, to see I mean, it. Sure. The entirety. audience can't see the chat. Let me just do a quick top down. Um, from 1st to 11th, The Third Man, Edge of Tomorrow, One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest, Apollo 13, which is actually the best movie, but it's fourth for some reason, Battleship Potemkin, uh, The Life Aquatic with Steve Zazu, Hard to Be a God, PJ, Soylent Green, A Girl with Character, and The Transformers, The Movie at 11th. So I'll post that uh, again as a reminder. Hmm. 
but where do you think this movie falls? I I think this should be in in the top half of the list. Personally, okay. I, I don't think it's necessarily a top four or five. I would probably put this after Battleship Potinkin and before Life Aquatic. It is certainly better, I think, than everything after the list so far. Uh, I don't think okay. it's as... Yeah, we I do have I'm, sort of a stratified list now where we have like... Yeah. There is like a good movie line that is at five, between five and six well, right now. Yeah, That's Life our, Aquatic like, is definitely the the worst of the good movies on this or list, the best of the say. not great movies. Okay. So yeah. we'll put the good movie line below a life aquatic and above hard to be a God perhaps. Yeah. Yeah. But, probably. But there is like a really solid movies and then a line and then a less solid movies. And you're saying that this belongs to be in the top of the good section or the bottom yeah. of the bad section. I think, I think um, the director and everyone involved in this movie would say not as good as Battleship Potankin, but still pretty good. I think even they <laughs> would say, yeah, we didn't make Battleship Potankin. But we made a pretty okay. good movie here. So I didn't really like Battleship Tempkin. I um, would rather watch Life Aquatic again. Um, so they if it was just homophobic stuff, though, that's that feels true. unnecessary. That's true. <laughs> um, so at least it's a wash on that. Um, I I don't know if the list is about what I would rather watch next, because what mm. I would rather watch next is Apollo 13. Um, but I... I don't know. Hunter, where do you feel? Where do, where do you land on this? I would, I'm going to be specific because I've gotten to see the list and think about it for a couple minutes. Uh, if this was just my list, it would be number two. I Whoa. would put it second to the third man. This is my shit. Like, we're in... This is... Right. I, I really... This movie felt very one of a kind to me. And yeah. I feel like it's also... I don't know. I always tend to root for movies like this that feel like they were kind of um, lost in a way. Um, and you know, it, do I think it's better than one flew over the cuckoo's nest? Actually, it's more interesting. I don't know if it's higher quality, but it is, it was a more interesting watch. Well, so one of the things you guys were using early on with like edge of tomorrow was, um, saying what are you most likely to tell people to go watch? And no one's going to say, go watch Apollo 13 because everyone's seen Apollo 13, but everyone's going to say, go watch edge of tomorrow. Cause no one's seen it. Yeah. I don't know if that's entirely fair. Um, I think there's one interesting. Okay, so I, my, so, okay, so now we know where everybody stands. So uh, Anthony's vote is for sixth between Battleship Duncan and Life Aquatic. That was also my gut. That's where I was thinking of putting it. Um, Hunter wants to say number two. Number so two. the real thing that's going to decide where this ends up is Ezra. And I believe he texted me where he should be this. Oh, yes, there it oh. is. Let it be wow. known, this is from, he sent me this uh, on Tuesday. Let it be known, my vote is for eighth place. For Whoa! Amazon, which is b- uh, below hard to be a god, but above PJ, which I think is an interesting place to put it. He did below not care for Below hard it. to be a god? Yeah. That movie sucked. Yeah, <laughs> well, this but, is so much better than how to be a god. Well, yeah. however, however, um, you may, re- by not being here, Ezra didn't get to have the reevaluation. That's true. So if I had voted before we talked about it, I probably would have put this 10th between Soylent Green and Girl with Character because I think it's it was less than that until you guys explained a lot of things I was missing. However, if we add 2 plus 8 plus 6 plus 6 is 22 divided by 4 is 5 and a half, which ends up right where Anthony and I both put it between Battleship Potemkin and The Life Aquatic. So In the Cut from 2003 is now officially 
the sixth best movie of all time that we've watched this year. Hell so yeah. That's how it settles out. I think this has been the, the averages thing has ended up being pretty fair. I think. I think um, so too. It's a good thing. Yeah, yeah. So last thing we'll we do is pick a movie for next week. Pit drive my car on this list next week. No, is that going to go on the are. list? I don't think so. Well, I mean, we could see, we could talk about where it would be and then decide if it's worth mm. it, worthy of it. Yeah. Um, but I think it's a little bit unfair because it wasn't no one picked it because it was part of the game. So yeah, which so anyway, this is segment three point five where we would normally talk about what we're going to watch next week. I believe when Ezra has returned in two weeks, he is going to suggest that we watch Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind, which would uh, score him five points, which him and I would then split. It also has Mark Ruffalo in it. Um, but because he's not here, we're going to take a week off or two. And I'm being cautious about the way I say that because there are st- still three power cards unplayed. And I don't know if when those can be played, it's possible. Or four? Four. Everybody least, has one. Everyone has one left. Yeah. So we still have four power cards. And I assume that that means they're because they didn't get played yet, that they're not ones that can be played on any turn. They're, they're cards that only affect your own picking. And so that's why it hasn't been used. But I'm not positive about that. So somebody could play defense next week and stop Ezra from scoring the points and splitting them with me. Or, and I'm not saying that this is happening, but it could be a situation in which the rule is, uh, the code is kind of very vague. And I don't really understand what it actually means. <laughs> if I were to play it, or yeah, how yeah. I'm supposed to use it again. I'm not saying I have a code like sure, that. Sure. Sure. But right. I literally don't know what the fuck it means. It's hard to know uh, what you're talking about, Anthony, because probably you've described two thirds of the power cards we wrote. Yeah, yeah. So, I definitely feel like uh, I mean, I could be feeling like a toddler with a loaded handgun here. <laughs> and I don't know what I'm doing. Yeah. Well, uh, not knowing what that is, uh, uh, this is how I think it's going to go. And I will also probably tipping our hand too much, but just to keep the people at home excited to come back in two weeks after next week, it'll be a redraw. That'll be the end of our third portion of the year our third quadrant i guess uh or third of mm-hmm. third twelfth what, what would that be um one twelfth anyway it's our third our third month right. uh yeah, over having a stroke alex what is yeah, that is okay? what is, are you okay yeah. what is and in the cut four. really got you <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's been yeah. difficult for me um well, you know, so you know how one quarter is the same as one fourth what is one twelfth yeah. what's the cool word for one twelfth wait why is, is it uh, like one dodecaf it will be one four months in. Why is it one twelfth? What are you talking about? It's our third group of four, which we'll probably have time for. Actually, we'll probably have eleven of them. But anyway, um, we'll be uh, we'll be twenty five percent of the way through the year. Anyway, the point is, it's time to redraw. No one is listening anyway because Ezra's not here. But the point is, <laughs> it's time to redraw, and it's which means there's a fifty percent chance that either Ezra or I will be first next week. Right, and then you'll get to case, split. One of us could pick. Guy cable guy and right. if it's me i can just have five points if it's ezra we could split it and if it's either of you same deal happy to split the points with you to get to yeah, the yeah. cable guy so good to me. i think we had an interesting situation that we were upon um oh and i should also say my deal is that you would get half of the points and the promise of me returning the favor me working yeah. to help you get your points and split them as well later on anyway but instead of that because we're not here we're going to take a week off um and we're going to watch drive my car not part of the game just part of the best picture nominations and the winner of best foreign film last year and uh hunter and i already watched it and we both liked it anthony was excited to see it so that's next week but before we go we have a thank we get we get to thank a meat buddy oh Ooh. yay 
All right, we have a new meet buddy this week, uh, and uh, our new meet buddy is Caitlin from Whitefish, Montana. And uh, Caitlin uh, says to us, "I don't remember how I got turned on to your podcast, but it, I was, but it was one of the first ones I started listening to in the way back times when you very first started, and uh, is one of the very few that I've stuck with through the past decade." Oh my god! Of listening to podcasts, I think the Moth and What You Missed in History Class—the only two others that I've kept with this long—isn't that nuts, you guys? Wow. I mean, I know neither of you were there a decade ago, but it still is crazy. I wish Ezra was here to appreciate that because we've the show had Ezra and then it didn't have Ezra and then it had Ezra again. Like that's how long it's been. Yeah. How have people stuck with this show that long and it's changed so much as far as what it's hard it to is. imagine? I you know I assume that it's just out of like fear of the unknown more than it is out of love of us, um, of me specifically since I'm the one. No, line. it's got to be you. Yeah, it's, no, it's no, either no. me trust you. or the format. Or they just haven't bothered to find a new podcast. Or you just keep picking great people to come on board with the show. That's you true. Know? You do know that what I am always going to surround myself with with funny people and people who are good to be around. Um, uh, Caitlin further said, it's been fun going through the regenerations with all of you. And I am loving this new game of Kevin Bacon's like Exquisite that. Corpse. I like that. regenerations. I really enjoy Yeah, exactly. Yeah. We, <laughs> we, molt it, we molt a little bit. Um, yeah. Doctor Who. Uh, Caitlin's also saying. Uh, Hopefully we're say, David Tennant, you know. Um, I know you hate compliments, so I'll try to be brief with this one. Thank you. Um, and proves you've been listening a long time. Um, I've listened to you through my sound holes for so long, and I have, quote, gotten to know you, end quote, through the podcast that I feel like we are friends, but not in a Mm. creepy way. Not like in that way that, like, Kevin Bacon and his naked dog are outside. Right. Yeah, she's not going to come into your house and take a shower, you know. Right, right, just randomly. (laughs) I showered. I hope that's okay. I know Maybe you don't know me. It's the craziest thing I've ever seen yeah. in a movie. <laughs> Legitimately. Right? Yeah, if, yeah. If you show up in my insane. house and you shower while I'm gone, you're you're kicked out. You're out. You're done. Yeah. Um, Caitlin so goes on wild. to say, I know you don't know me. It's just more of a one-way thing. But I just wanted to say thanks for all the time, effort, and dedication you've put into this. Thanks for being there to help me through the hard times when I've just needed a good laugh. And a reminder, there are still good people out there. Um, um, very sweet. And I... Yeah, uh, it is sweet, and I do appreciate the one-way friendship. And I, I don't know how I'm. Mm. I'm on the. I'm on that way of so many friendships myself. I don't know what mm-hmm. is the right way to behave on this side of that, but um, you know, I, I'm not gonna. I, I would prefer you not shower at my house without warning, Caitlin. Um, at this point, um, so I think you're doing great. And and these are, by the way, these are called parasocial relationships, and there they are. Um, that sounds like that sounds like relationships that were dropped out of a plane but yeah i get what you're saying caitlin also said i know we're not not supposed to apologize for this but i feel like i should have a contract i have a contractual obligation to do so so i'm sorry i did not donate sooner Mm. uh even though i've been enjoying your content for so long so sorry not sorry no guilt month no guilt guilt month caitlin what are you doing i know i know uh so i just want to remind you no one who defies the spirit of sanctum. You're completely absolved of all guilt for not donating sooner because this is April, baby. Don't come at me in May with this crap, but in April, you don't have to feel guilty. In May, double guilt. Um, okay, now, finally, uh, Caitlin says, my absolute favorite thank you segment is the pep talk. They're weird, <laughs> random, off and off topic and usually have questionable Why advice. Why do but people hey, like this? They always- <laughs> like this i mean that sound effect should be the that should be the theme of the show if we played sound effects it would be music and then i'd be pressing a button like a dj they'd be like why do people like this and then back into the show 
I agree. I have no idea. Um, so All I'm right. getting, so Caitlin says I'm getting married in September and Ooh. I'm currently in the depths of wedding Congrats. planning since you all seem to be in relatively strong, healthy and happy relationships. I'm sorry, not, uh, <laughs> <laughs> going on the assumption that Alex is manning the Patreon account and Anthony, um, has gone through this as, before as well. I can't think of anything better than I'd like to get wedding planning and marriage pep talk from you all. Thanks in advance for the pep talk. And I know, I know no refunds. Okay. So this is the perfect this is the perfect thank you segment to go along with watching in the cut. <laughs> the You're thing right. that you wow. want after oh watching this erotic thriller about how, uh, wet, how, how marriage is equal to murder. Yeah. Um, good. For, for women. What you really need is three dudes to, to give you a pep talk about being married. Yeah. I think this is so perfect. And it really is two very long relationships. And then Hunter, who is um, playing the field. Yeah, oh, I'm out there. I'm Hunter out there. is out there meeting fish. Is that what you call it? Um, meeting fish. There's yeah. plenty of them, so you're just meeting some of them. Yeah. Oh yeah. New York full of fish. Giant oh yeah. That's what says, yeah. 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 If gonna... you can meet someone there, you can meet them anywhere. Let me give you some advice for a wedding. Yeah. Um. Here, here's the, the things that I I sort of took away from mine. Um. The most important thing is to find good people. Who can take stuff off your plate? I mean, that to me is, I mean, Alex was very, very helpful at my wedding. My wife um, and a bunch of her friends, a bunch of my wife's friends, a bunch of her friends were so good at running things and keeping the day run smoothly and taking stuff off her plate was such an incredible thing to allow us to enjoy. I mean, we're very lucky because my wife, you know, works in kind of planning and had worked on a bunch of comedy festivals for years. That a yeah, lot she of does, especially involved. she knows how to wrangle comedians, especially. Yes, and a lot of her friends also ran festivals and things like that, so they were able to run a wedding like a festival, essentially. Um, can I actually? But, can I just really quick? I want to add yeah. to that, which is that I know that people. I've heard people say they ex- express guilt at asking people to help with their weddings, um, and certainly there are like crazy people. Um, but most people that you ask, if you are a normal person will be so thrilled to get to help. Yeah, I had so much it's fun an helping. Honor. Yes, it's, it's such an honor. honor. I loved helping with Anthony's wedding. I I like yeah, I would have done more if there was more to do, but there were so many yeah. people volunteering that there was not even that much work. So I don't feel like I did as much. But man, what a great time. So I do think you don't have to be uh you know, as long as you're being a normal person, you do not have to worry about feeling guilty, which it sounds like from your email that you're going to feel guilty no matter what. But um, I would absolve you of that guilt as well, Caitlin, because your yeah. friends are excited to help and they're honored to help. Sorry, Anthony, I had to I want to just add that. Oh, to no, your thought, I think that end that continue. That is I mean, yeah, that is basically the main thing I was going to say is have you know, have those good people in your life who are good with things. Um, try to enjoy it. I mean, I think that is, in retrospect, one of the things about being stressed about it. Because, I mean, like, anyone who's planned a wedding or worked on it knows um, stuff like you're going to feel like you don't have enough time and you don't. But that's okay. Even with a full year out, you're still going to be doing stuff at the last minute, right? You're still going to have stuff. We, at my wedding, we had, when we had all the um, plates and stuff show up, none of them were washed. Uh, oh, they God. sent us dirty plates and cups <laughs> with lipstick stains. Oh, that's so and funny. I got to watch my parent-in-laws lose their fucking mind. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. Get us clean plates in time for the wedding. I, that's and, also kind of similar actually to your other note, which is like people are 
are willing to lose their minds on your behalf. So you don't right. have to be yeah. stressed about stuff. Let, somebody else will be there to yell at the dishes people and they would, would yeah. relish the opportunity. Right. Um, our they one feel like big a hero. One, our big one for my wedding was that uh, the people delivering the chairs, even though we'd given them like inch specific details of how far away the truck was from where the chairs goes, got there and decided the chairs were being asked to be moved too far. So they just dumped them in a pile and left. Jesus. Um, yeah. So the, the, the people, yeah, the wedding industry is great, full of pretty gnarly mm. people too. But anyway, the point is uh, I wanted, to, I really wanted to yell at them. And my friends were like, look, let us yell at them. This is our job. We want to yell yeah, at these yeah. people. You go hang out. And so I, didn't think about it until much later so it was mm. nice but yeah so something is going to be misdelivered and someone else can yell at that person for you yeah um, so i don't really have any advice uh <laughs> I, I have nothing to contribute to this uh, uh, i've been to a i've been to a wedding hey you know what that's what i got invite i'll crash your wedding if you need if you just need, if you need someone to fill a seat i don't care oh, i love yeah. dancing with old women and oh, and okay. weddings are where you can do that. If you got a grandma that needs me to dance with her, I will show up and dance with that grandma. That oh, is my favorite fun. thing about weddings is that everybody dances. Yeah. Now you might not have a wedding like that, in which case I don't want to come. But yeah. if it if there is going to be lots of dancing and everybody's going to be dancing, I want to be there. So I'll, yeah, I'll come. You, you know can what's invite dope me. as fuck cake testing. The little the oh, little yeah. things about weddings are stressful. But getting getting to go to a place and have someone be like, "I cooked you twelve different types of cake. Try them. That is I, a lot of fun." I Enjoy wanted to like cake things. testing more than I did. I my I was a little disappointed by cake testing because, um, first of all, uh, they all just charge a lot of money now. All of them are like, "It's seventy five dollars to give you three slices of slices of cake," um, and then also a lot of them were like because they were like pieces of pieces of cake. They had no frosting around the edges, so they were very dry by the time we got them. <laughs> it was like, I just paid $75, and I hate this. Um, and I am a big cake fan, so I was a little disappointed in the testing. It, there were parts of it that were fun. My parents came to one, and we had a couple of good mm. ones, but a couple of them were kind of sad, too. Yeah, um, my, cake, my cake testing was awesome. All, oh, good. A lot of frosting, a lot of good sizes. Good. Uh, the good. cake was great. Not overcharged. It was awesome. Yeah. I... Um, also, Caitlin mentioned that they're asked to be mentioned as from Whitefish, which is um, just an unbelievably gorgeous part of the country. Um, if you guys haven't been to Whitefish, it's basically like it's basically the the way to Glacier National Park, but it, which is one of the most beautiful things I've ever seen. And I've been to a wedding in Montana and I loved it. So I hope you're doing it there mm. where you've got some nice vistas in the background. I yeah. had just the the wedding we went to in Montana is like one of my favorite weddings I've been to. So real i you've already got this isn't even not a pet talk we're just telling you how well, well you're already doing yeah um you're doing well you've basically got this the, if i was going to say like if i remember any like small tips from weddings there are things that we never would have thought to ask someone to do um so that you might just like think of who's going to do we didn't think of who was going to cut the cake we'd forgotten about that part but then my mom and uh, my wife's mom like cut the cake together and they had the best time together. So um, they, it was like the most they've ever gotten to hang out and they bonded a lot and they had a really good time and it was really sweet. So, um, but there are like a lot more things to think about than I would have realized. I don't know if that's like actually advice, but maybe just, I guess my, here's my only advice is make sure you have suggested to someone that they help with the cake. If you don't know who's cutting, sometimes the caterer yeah. will do it. Our caterer was not doing it because we were catered by a um, uh, taco truck bicycle. 
um because it was in portland but um and so they didn't cut the cake but in general um yeah have someone make sure that someone's thinking about cutting the cake is no good one's gotta advice. cut the cake yeah 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 for sure well let's do a quick thing about marriage then the other part of this i know this is a large topic but so we talked a little bit about weddings and we both i would say anthony both of us had a pretty good time at our weddings it seems like um and I had a good time at your wedding. Um, do we have any marriage pep talks? <laughs> do you have anything to add about um, marriage? Um, <clears throat> you know, yeah. Oh, wow. You, y'all are really fun. jumping at this. This is giving uh, me. I'm feeling no, confident I mean, now. <laughs> I mean, here's, here's my main takeaway from marriage. Um, mm-hmm. It makes taxes easier, and it's exactly yeah. like being in a long-term relationship. <laughs> Marry <laughs> for the simplified taxes, yeah. you know, first um, of all. Second of all, maybe I would, you love like to, I would just like to point out, actually, that um, for my wife, getting married has made her taxes my a wife. lot simpler. For me, getting married has made taxes slightly more complicated, because now I have to fill Whoa. up her half. Yeah. Oh, so it's actually a tax downgrade for you. For me, like, I'm yeah. just doing two people's taxes now. Yeah. But because uh. because she has one job and I have 93, obviously I have to do most of the work and then I just add hers. But still, mm. slightly more difficult for me. But you no, do your I own mean, taxes? Oh, yeah. You don't have a tax guy? I have a tax guy. You, I, you're I, not... You, you're. St- Still doing your own taxes? This might be the last year that I've done it, but I've, it's always been... I don't enjoy it exactly, but it's something that I've just like you know take it i've put a lot of effort up, Alex. there's no way you don't enjoy doing taxes i <laughs> yeah, know that's you true, actually. there's that's no true. way you don't like mm, i get to bust out the abacus a you know weird I, like, <laughs> I do you know i do like a good spreadsheet that is true and i have yeah. but i've just put a lot of effort into learning how i have to do everything at this point so it feels silly to hand it off to somebody else at this Ooh, but, right yeah, next year. I this, keep this my next receipts year, my tax in a can on the fridge. I get to open up no, my receipt you, can. I understand what you're trying to do, but I'm not a receipt can abacus guy. Everything is in a spreadsheet, Anthony. Right. I'm modern nerd. I uh, it is similar to being in a long term relationship. That part is definitely true. I mean, it's Although, very fun to get to say, "Yo, my this is my husband or my wife." Like that, I really enjoyed. That's which is a delight. I agree um, with that too. And in fact, if you, now that you're engaged, that's the worst part because I don't mind boyfriend girlfriend. I do not like fiance. It's a mouthful. Ugh. It's French for some reason. It sounds like financer. It's uh, not, you say it. It sounds like you're being shitty. Every yeah, time it you does. Hear it does. Say it, it feels it sarcastic like every time. About it. Yeah. yeah. And it's That's like it, it's... I exclusively called my wife my Beyonce. <laughs> <laughs> That's just this is my Beyonce. Um, yeah, you know, that's I, really it's a good. The, it's cute. Especially the whole first year of saying wife and husband is like a delight. I think it's a little bit every time. It like, ooh, yeah. Um, I do not have a lot more to add about marriage. I, it's just really I have rad. a little, it's super I have a little easy. bit advice. Yeah. Make sure to try to talk to them every day. I think that's like a good starter. Mm. Is yeah, try to talk to them true. every day. Say just something, you know, like hey, what's you know something like that. Um. So. D- <laughs> This is such a low bar. These are just my, like, I got some ideas. You it know? does sound like maybe this is related to a sad story, so I don't want to press or too by, far on it. You know, like, no, no, it's not related to a sad story at all. I'm just trying to think of like, you know, I'm trying to like mind palace it, you yeah, know, because yeah. obviously I've never been married. So I'm like, what are one of the things you do? You probably got to talk to them every day. Yeah. Um, be sure to buy them like treats and sure, stuff. Treats are good. Occasionally make sure oh, that treats. they have water every day well because know? i'm like yeah. also into like, the spreadsheet yeah. thing my, my wife and i have a fun like silly thing where we we um we like to talk in sort of bureaucratic terms sometimes about relationship things i think it's oh a God. fun joke <laughs> so like we will like we'll, i'll refer to like the the gift committee has been working on this pro- project for somebody else and then we do have uh we do have meetings every month and i think 
I, I um, this is going to be just like super cringe because it's too sincere, but I do, I'm already cringing. We do have a monthly meeting at like the first Saturday of the month where we have like a few things that we go over where we're, where we're at on like financials and communications and things. And it has, and we put new business on it and we discuss it and it's been extremely helpful and also super fun to be silly. Cause we'll be like, we're going to get a treat cause we're gonna have to have a meeting. So we might as well, like we bought this new ice cream we got like a mango sorbet and some um spicy powder and we're going to go have a delicious treat with our meeting but then we just have a little meeting on the couch and we act, get our little laptops out and have a little meeting but then we actually like because we do the silliness covers up the fact that we're going to talk about communication and actually work through some issues we had and it has made everything better every time it's been so incredibly effective wow. i like it a lot so um it's similar to your like talk to them is like maybe add a little bureaucracy to it yeah, every day try just try if you can talk to, to them. To talk, yeah. Just give it a shot, you know, and water them every day. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I think this has been less zany than Caitlin has enjoyed in previous. Um, I think you might have accidentally stumbled into yeah, something. Yeah, y'all got too really serious, about. and then it felt like I was the only one that could bring the zany stuff to it. And you and I tried, you but y'all best. just kept being so real, and it was. I uh, just I like being married so much. Um, the uh, Portland newspaper referred to me as wife guy comedy the other day, which oh, is a term sure. that people yeah. say now, and I had not actually heard of before. And so at first, I was like kind of taken aback by it, but it fits. I'm I'm a big fan of it. I think I think being married is super rad, and. Uh, I'd do it again. I'd, you know, um, I'd tell, I'd you'd, like, you'd not remarry. Is yeah, that, what you're that sounds weird. Um, it's a decision I would, I would, I feel strong enough that it would, I would do it again, but I can't imagine a situation where I'd have to. Anyway, this got weird. Yeah. You guys get it. Yeah. The point is, you're going to have an awesome time and you're going to, it's going to be beautiful yeah. in Montana E probably, and you're going to have someone who cuts the cake and then your friends are going to have a great time helping out and you've already finished most People of it. People so are going to give you, so many envelopes with money in them. It's dope as fuck. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god, you get so many people just envelopes. I didn't even know this was a thing. I thought you just got gifts. And people give you envelopes like cash. <laughs> it's like the only Hold reason I want to get married. This is the only reason I, I want. I don't it. know if you break even on it. I mean, you did also buy all those people dinner. Um, well, I didn't. If you call your parents and pay for wedding, the wedding, yeah. then you're what good. What the fuck are you talking about? I didn't. We didn't pay anything for the wedding. All of it was taken care of. Well, that helps. Yeah, if you can have yeah. her parents pay for everything, that does help a lot. Yeah, you definitely got to kind of size up the the parents and see if the scam will work on them in that way. Yeah, yeah. You know, and then you sort of a re- if you think about it that way, it's a financial scam where you get your parents to give you money through your friends. Like, yeah, they buy dinner for your friends, so your friends give you money. Yeah, I love how you get to have a list of the gifts you want, like a fucking child, like a little baby, like a little, like a four-year-old kid being like, mommy, I want the Power Rangers toy. Like, it's so ridiculous. I couldn't believe, when my friend Matt got married, I didn't know about that, and Uh I could not believe the audacity Mm. when he told me about that i i I talked my wife into putting a switch on a wedding registry Uh (laughs) i roasted for that so hard all day during the wedding yeah you deserve that hey we should get a switch why (laughs) you already have a pressure cooker give me a fucking switch for the plane we're going to hawaii yeah I love get when we get invited to weddings. I love going to the registry. That's a fun because there's I, I like it's very like judgy, but also kind of uh, sweet to see what people like in their life. But there's de- I, and I do think you should put something audacious on your list. You don't want it to be a boring yeah. registry. Yeah. 
Yeah. I think you should have something. Toys, you know? That's not oh, bad. Oh, hell yeah. Get a butt um, swing on there. No, stop. <laughs> stop My it. dad needs to see that. Yeah. It's, it's, you also have to remember there's old people involved. There's always like... It's like the bridal shower where everyone gives lingerie and there's always a grandma there who buys like comfy pajamas for you. Old people like, fuck too. How do you think yeah, they had kids? How did we get here? Because uh, old yeah. people it's a different fuck. thing. Ugh, ugh, ugh. Okay, I don't like how this got with the swing thing. But I do think um, on a on a wedding registry, I like this bit. Actually, Hunter, you should probably make this a, a bit um, about how it's like a list like a Power Rangers for children. But Okay, I'll write it down right joke. now. I like that. Um, that's a good time. All right. Anyway, congratulations, Caitlin. We're very excited for you. Yeah. And we really appreciate you supporting the show with some little bits of those cash envelopes. You're you're wasting yeah. some of it on us. And Don't just probably... remember, if you need a seat filler slash old woman romancer, Hunter would love to go to your wedding. Yeah, probably yeah. don't hey, get I'm a down. DJ. Wedding DJs are pretty lame. Just build a playlist or get a band yeah. if you can. Just DJ your like, own wedding. Like okay, you don't need I, a DJ anyways. Be, That's the thing. Oh, just 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 okay. Just want to point this out. I'm a big fan of live music. I think live music, if you possibly can, if you know people who are in a little band, have them play for you. It's great. You can do a lot of your own music. I will say the thing that people forget when they don't get a DJ, which is a reasonable choice, is the DJ also does a lot of MC work. So if you don't do the DJ, you need somebody with a microphone who tells everybody it's dinner time, who tells totally. everybody it's time yeah. for the first dance, who tells everybody it's time to cut the cake, because that's stuff the DJ would do on that on the DJ's big dumb microphone. So you do, I yeah, don't get a DJ, but make sure someone's in charge of emceeing. Don't get yeah. a DJ, like don't don't pay for a DJ, but have a DJ. You know mm. what I mean? That's what I would do. I've, I've definitely been to weddings where someone's like, send me the two songs you most like to dance to at weddings, and then you like make a playlist of everybody's suggestions. Although you have to make sure that they can see each other's suggestions because otherwise you just have 200 people who say like friends in low places and don't stop believing or whatever. Um, friends in low places. Then doesn't that at come a, up with a lot of weddings? Oh, I've had so wedding? many weddings where they play that. It's not really. Oh yeah. People love that. That's weird. Um, but also don't stop believing. What's the other one? Uh, what else is a classic wedding song for you? Well, um, Oh, 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 everyone does shake it like a Polaroid picture. That's how old. That's the age of our weddings. Uh-huh. Um, hey, yeah. That comes up a lot. Hey, yeah. yeah which hey, is like hey, a, yeah. about not yeah. being married and about being in like sleeping with a lot of people. People love dancing to songs at weddings that are thoroughly inappropriate for the setting. It's a good song to dance to. Yeah, anyway, play we gotta Closer by Nine Inch Nails. Add we that on your playlist. On. Yeah, there you go. Me, Put that on let's, there. Let's wrap this up. Congratulations, Caitlin. We appreciate everybody who Congrats. donates to the show. I can't believe how long we went on that. No, it was a long time. Uh, it is kind of shocking, but it turns out we have a lot of thoughts. Um, yeah. And I could do more. I could do... I Anyway, I loved my wedding. Um, I love talking about weddings. I like going to weddings. I get to go to a wedding in a couple of weeks. I haven't been to one in a little bit. They kind of slowed yeah. down. Very excited. Um, something must have happened. I don't know what it was, but something... Yeah. I, something really <laughs> wedding like season. a wedding. Yeah. No, it was probably personal. It's probably about me. Yeah. <laughs> um, I was probably a bad guest at one wedding. It's sort of the way uh, we stopped. Then, we didn't get invited to that cookie party anymore because I made fucked up decorations and the holiday cookie decorating party we went to that one time wait what what are you talking about what are you talking about <laughs> my wife wait. and i got invited to this regular holiday party at our friend's parents house and uh what i i took all the cookies that were broken and i decorated as if they had been murdered that way oh my god using red frosting um and i thought it was hilarious i also lied to her uh husband's boss a lot at that wedding because i thought it was fun, or not wedding at that cookie party anyway and then we got disinvited from future cookie parties makes mm. sense <laughs> makes and sense we were like ha ha they disinvited us because i was too gross and then we we're talking to her and she was like yeah that's what happened <laughs> anyway so yeah so it's sort of like that but with weddings maybe that happened with weddings i don't yeah. know 
I'll go to your wedding. I like going to weddings. Good. Uh, we'll talk to everybody next week, not about weddings, but about driving cars and my car specifically. We're going to talk about Uncle Vanya and we're going to talk about um, sobs, all of that and more in next week's episode. We really appreciate everybody who donates, patreon.com, and we also appreciate everyone who gets in touch and talks to us how you're feeling. Tell us uh, whether we're doing a good job, podcast at read-weep.com. Um, Ezra will be away one more week and we'll survive without him, but thanks for being here, Hunter. Yeah. Hey, love it. And thanks in the for cut. Hold- Watch it. <laughs> thanks for holding on the fort, Anthony. <laughs> Uh, talking course. about dicks without Ezra here. All right, we'll talk to you next week. Goodbye. Do it. Bye.